But today we're continuing uh, with this lesson series looking at, uh, I almost said the story of the Bible. Boy, I just got to where I am so used to doing that. 56 weeks we'll do that to you, I suppose. We are in this brand new lesson series, Happy, Healthy, and Whole. And it's all about training, training to be happy, healthy, and whole. And, uh, you know, we don't have time to go back and uh, kind of talk about the basis for this lesson series. We did that last week. Um, And so if you're really interested, you can go back and you can listen to that uh, online or uh, on, uh, we're on iTunes, we're on the the website, you can find it. But uh, I'll just kind of give you the the highlights of it uh, real quickly. Um, It's based on, this lesson series, based on, well, really three books, uh, two of them written by the same team, uh, which are about, one of them is called Training for Health, or Training for Happiness, and then the second one is called Choosing Brilliant Health. Uh, and the third one is another book you might have heard of called The Bible. And well, what, what ends up happening, and, and Judy read these two books that are all about happiness and how happiness impacts your health. Um, and as she talked to me about it, I was like thinking, wow, you know, I love it when science finally catches up with what God has been telling us for, for thousands of years, you know. And uh, what, basically what happened with the books, the, the first two books, Training for Happiness and Choosing Brilliant Health, is a couple of guys, um, they were business consultants, and they were going to go teach uh, you know, businesses, uh, do seminars, how to, how to be successful. And what they found was that the happiest people in a business are the most productive and the most... <laughs> The, the easiest to work with, I guess you might say, you know? And uh, so they started looking at the traits that these happy people in these companies exhibited. And what they learned was that, uh, that if you, well, these nine principles kept coming up over and over and over again. And so they wondered if you isolated those nine principles and then taught them and said, you know, train doing these things, what kind of an impact would it have? It turned out it had a huge impact on a business's productivity, on individuals, uh, you know, uh, just, just every aspect of their lives. But one thing they didn't expect as they would go around then and train businesses in this, people who were medical doctors would come up to them afterwards and say, those nine traits, those nine characteristics or qualities that you're talking about, those are the same nine characteristics or qualities that the people, my patients, who are the most successful in their treatment, they, they exhibit those same nine traits. And so the, the, the researchers, they decided to see, well, what kind of an impact do these nine traits, training for happiness, what kind of impact does that have on a person's physical health? Because you'd expect it to have an impact on your spiritual, emotional, psychological, relational health. They weren't sure about physical health. And what they learned, like I said, we don't have time to go into all the research. If you're interested, go buy the books. Or uh, you can listen to last week's lesson. We kind of, you know, skimmed over it, you know, a little deeper, deeply, deeplier, I don't know. But uh, more deeply than I'm going to today. But basically, to, to boil it all down to a nutshell, what they discovered, it was absolutely shocking, is that a person's happiness and training for happiness has an impact on a person's biochemistry at a cellular level. And it changes, you know, a lot about your future. Now, um, doctors have been telling us for years that if we exercise and eat right, that'll have a big impact on our health. Um, You know, you can't do anything about your genetics. You can't do anything about your history. You can't do anything about your age. But if you eat right and exercise, you can have a big impact on what, you know, those factors 
do for you in the future. That they, didn't, they, they did expect. What they didn't expect is that happiness would have a bigger impact on a person's health than diet or exercise, which is kind of shocking. And so, um, you know, we've, we, we decided this would be a really good thing to talk about, you know, how to train to be happy, which would lead to more health and ultimately to wholeness. In uh, Psalm chapter 118, verse 24, the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, that's more than just a statement. That's a declaration. And when, uh, well, like I say, when the researchers said, when people have made this kind of declaration, I will choose joy. I will choose to train for happiness today. It changed everything about their future, about their health. It changed, it, it changed their lives. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but sometimes it's not the perfect time to train for anything, you know? Sometimes today is not such a good day. Sometimes today has got a lot of things going wrong and everybody is just right on your last nerve and you just don't know if you can, you know, when you think, I'll wait for, for a better day to start choosing to be training for happiness and joy. But see, if you wait for everything to settle down, you'll never do anything. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes 11.4, says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And if, if you've been paying attention, you know that's true. Because perfect conditions almost never happen. And so if you're going to train for anything, if you're going to train for a marathon, if you're going to train for, you know, for whatever, you've got to do it in imperfect conditions. And the same thing is true when it comes to training for happiness. If you're going to train for happiness, you are going to have to do it today. You're going to have to say, today is the day that I will rejoice and be glad. Today, with its ups and downs and its highs and lows and its goods and bads, today I'm going to choose to do this. And so what we're going to focus on for the next five weeks, beginning today, are these characteristics that if we do them, they will impact our happiness level and will ultimately impact our health, spiritual, psychological, relational, emotional, and physical health. And God wants all of those things to be the best they can be in your life. And so today we're going to focus in on the first two. And uh, the researchers in these books, uh, Training for Happiness and Choosing Brilliant Health, they found these two to be the two most important things that people did that everything else kind of flowed out of. And those two things are empowerment and intentionality. And we'll talk about them as we go along today, but uh, basically the concept of empowerment is that, that you have been given the power, the authority to decide what you're going to do with your life. Nobody else can make that decision for you. Lots of people try. <laughs> and you may try to, to, to make that decision for other people, but nobody else has been given the sacred responsibility of choosing the direction of your life. And then secondly, intentionality says once you've made that choice, once you've decided, okay, I'm going to take control of my own life, then you make, intentionality was the second most important thing where you said, okay, so, so I am going to every day wake up and say, this is the direction I'm going. This is the direction I'm taking my life. Even though you may get off track sometimes, you keep coming back. You make a default setting. And it's, you're not going to be perfect at it at first. That's why we're calling this training for happiness, training to be happy, healthy, and whole, because you're going to have lots of setbacks. You're going to get off course sometimes, but you just keep coming back to this, 
and ultimately you will get to where you need to be. So when it comes to accepting authority and making the choices that will govern my life, the first thing that, that is important is that, that to know you've got the power, okay? You have been given that power. Now, the power of God that God has given you is not what we always think of or often think of when we think of God's power in our lives. Sometimes when we think of God's power, we think of the real flashy stuff, you know? I don't know if you ever saw Bruce Almighty, you know, where Bruce thought he could do a better job than God of, uh, of, of running the world, not just his own life, but the world. And so God gave him his power, and this is what we think about a lot of times when we think about God's power. that's what we think about a lot of times, you know, when we think about the power of God, you're not, you know, yeah, give it to me, you know, you know, and see, a lot of times we wonder, you know, when we're thinking of that kind of power, we're like, how come more of that power isn't flowing through my life? You know, we read stories about people that God's power, we see people who were like, man, why doesn't God do that through me? And we talk about this a lot here. We don't have time to get really deeply into it today, but I'll just say this. God only shares his power his knowledge, his presence, things like that, with people who are actively developing the character of his son. Because God's power in the person of, of someone who wasn't developing that character, that would be a dangerous combination. So he won't do it. And so if you're wondering, why is it more of God's power flowing through my life? Training to become like his son is an important thing. And, uh, and maybe one of the first places to start, you know, obviously, I mean, this is, this is a lifelong process, and you'll constantly be learning more and more what it means, but, but when it comes to training for happiness, the first, the first thing that you need to do is, is take responsibility for your own life. God gave you that sacred responsibility, that sacred authority. Nobody else can do it. When he created us, Genesis 1, verse 27, says God made human beings in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it and reign over the creation. Now govern and reign, those are kingdom words. And they are, no other creature on earth is given that kind of a responsibility, that kind of authority. Animals behave by instinct. Humans are the only ones that make choices about the direction they want to go, about who they want to become. They, they, what do I want to think about? You know, you, you are the only creature on this earth that has that ability. And it is a sacred authority, it is a sacred responsibility that each of us needs to take seriously. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 5, the Bible says that each person must be responsible for himself. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that happens in your life is your fault, or that you have to take the blame for it. I mean, we all know that sometimes the choices that, that other people make impact our lives. Sometimes the choices that I make impact other people's lives. That's just part of the way that life goes. You may have had a lot of things happen in your life that you had no control over, and that doesn't mean that those things are your fault, but it, does, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that you are the only one that can decide, okay, based on everything that has brought me here today, I can't control any of that, but I can choose the direction that I'm going to go. I can take responsibility. I can take authority for my own life. Sometimes we think that, that because there's been so much trouble in our lives, we're just... That, that's it. There's, there, we can't really do anything else. But see, trouble is just part of living in this world. In John 16, Jesus tells his followers, I've told you these things. And what he told them, if you go back and you look at John 13, 14, 15, and then 16, he's telling them all the bad things that are going to happen in the world, that are going to happen to them. Basically what he says in those four chapters is, if you think they treated me bad, just wait till you see what they do to you. And you think, that doesn't sound like much of a pep talk. And he gets done with that and says, I've told you that so that you can have peace in me. And you're like, peace? How does that bring me peace? Well, because in this world, he says, you will have trouble, but be brave because I've defeated the world. When we have trouble in our lives, usually the first thing that we start thinking is, why me? What did I do wrong? Or, or, or why is this happening to me? And while I can make decisions that will bring more pain into my life than is really necessary, and I do that a lot, um, even if I lived my life exactly perfectly, making every right choice, and, I, and nobody can, but even if you did, Jesus says there would still be trouble in your life. That, that's part of what happened when Adam and Eve made the choices they did and sin entered the world. And so even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of heartache, Jesus says, yes, I know. I was there too. I went through that with you. You know, I didn't stand up in heaven and say, well, yeah, it stinks to be you, but, you know, just keep on going. No, he entered into our pain. He entered into our trouble, and he showed us how life should be lived. And now he says, even though all of these things may not be going exactly the way that you would like them to go, even though the lights may be flickering, and even though you may be wondering what's going on at your house with the wind and everything, he says, you know, you can choose to take authority over your own life. And that's our sacred responsibility. It's the first quality of people who are training for, for happiness that is the biggest impact that you will find on, on whether or not you live a life that is, you know, basically the default setting is happy or the default setting is something else.
Second important quality is uh, that, okay, so once you've decided, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for my own life, well, then you've got to choose. You choose happiness. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, G- Judy read this at the end of last week's lesson. It is such an amazing statement. Um, the Bible says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Oh, that you would choose life so that you might live. And then he says this, you can make that choice. Did you know you could make that choice? That choose between life and death, between blessings and curses? This is how you do it, by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. It is so important. The choices that you make will determine who you are. And nobody can take that ability to choose away from you, no matter where you are, no matter what is going on. You think, well, you don't know what my life is like. I don't really have those kinds of choices. I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was uh, in a concentration camp in World War II Germany. And he said this. um, He said, we who lived in the concentration camps remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread, They may have been few in numbers, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken away from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. That cannot be taken from you. And that choice that you make, no matter what's going on around you, is such an important one. That's why the Bible says in Job chapter 34, verse 3, that we can choose the sounds we want to listen to, we can choose the taste we want in food, and we should choose to do what is right. But first of all, we must define what is good. And so that's what this lesson series is all about, defining what are you going to choose? You know, which way are you going to go? Because there are a lot of people, a lot of voices out there saying, follow me, I'll show you the way to, to, to meaning and satisfaction and joy, you know? And a lot of times those, those voices lead you to the wrong place. God, I don't know if you've noticed this, when you start following along with what he's asking you to do, a lot of times what he asks you to do doesn't make a lot of sense. You're like, Really? That's what's going to lead to happiness? I mean, I make the choice to choose life, to choose blessings, and I'm following you, and this is where you lead me? This doesn't seem like it's going to get me where I want to go. And it reminds me again, we watched a little bit of a clip from Karate Kid last week where he made a sacred pact with Mr. Miyagi. And uh, Daniel's part of the the pact was to learn karate. Mr. Miyagi's part of the pact was to teach karate. And Daniel, the, the biggest part of it was no questions asked. And so Mr. Miyagi starts teaching him karate, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to Daniel. Let's watch this. Wax on. Right hand, make a circle. Wax off. Left hand, circle. Wax on. Wax off. Breathe in. Breathe out. Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. What are these? Japanese sanda. What do you do with them? Funny you should ask. <laughs> right the circle. Left the circle. Wait, wouldn't it be easier going back and forth? Aye, 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 but you go circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Breathe in, breathe out. 
Right the circle. Left the circle. Print the whole gold. Yep. Huh? I'm finished. Mr. Miyagi, I'm beaten. My shoulders. Good. Go home, get the rest. Come morning, start early, six o'clock. What? But first, you accomplish paint defense. All in the wrist. Huh? Wrist up, down. Wrist all in the wrist. Up, down. Wrong stroke. Ah, very good. Up, down. No look at me. Look at fence. Up, down. Then the wrist down. Oh, Daniel, sir. Very good job. Come morning, start early. Daniel doesn't think he's being taught karate, you know, and a lot of times I think that that happens to us, you know, where we say, okay, I want to, I want to, I want to enter into the Jesus way of life, you know, because Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he built his life around a certain set of principles, you know, he did things a certain way, and, and that way was, first of all, because that's how we were created to live, but second of all, to teach his followers how to live, and they watched him, and they thought, that doesn't make sense, that just goes completely against what seems like common human sense. And Jesus would say, well, yeah, but where does common human sense get you? You know, choose this other way and you'll find that, you know, like Daniel found in, in you know, wax on and wax off and sanding, you know, wouldn't it be easier if I do it this way? Yeah, yeah, but you're going to do it this way. You know, and that's what God says to us. And that leads us to the third uh, point for today. You choose the direction or you, you decide to take control, authority for the direction of your life. You choose uh, happiness, but then you've got to do something about that. And that means you've got to cultivate happiness. Because, well, that's what Daniel is doing. That's what he doesn't realize. It, but Mr. Miyagi, as he has him, you know, doing all of these things, he's cultivating karate in his life is what he's doing. He doesn't realize it, but he is. And when it comes to growth, God's the only one that can make that happen. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, the Apostle Paul, talking to the Corinthian church, says, I planted the seed in your heart, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And the same thing is true with us. Somebody else plants the seed in your heart, maybe somebody else waters it. Your responsibility lies in the cultivation, you know, 
entering into the Jesus way of life, into following the way that he would suggest you go. And you know, a lot of times people say, well, that just isn't very practical for my everyday life. Are you kidding me? If it impacts your, your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, your psychological health, and your relational health, that's not practical? That's the most practical thing that you can, can learn in this life. And only God can make it grow. But if you don't cultivate it, in essence, what we're saying to God is, I don't think you really know what you're doing, what you're talking about. You know, very few of us would say those words in that way out loud, but the way that we live our lives tells the world whether we believe God is right or whether we think, ah, he really doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to this area of my life. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Nobody will. But if you haven't made that choice to to take authority for your life, to choose to follow him, and then to cultivate that in your life, then you're really you know, you're, you're making a statement. But when you do make that choice, even as he tells you to do things, take steps in areas that you're like, that just doesn't make any sense. I don't think I'm learning here anything at all. You are, just like Daniel was. One more clip. Oh, this spot. What spot? Hey, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were going fishing? You're not here when I go. Well, maybe I wouldn't want her to go. You ever think of that? You karate training. I'm what? I'm being your slave is what I'm being, man. Now, we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? For four days, everyone can think. Ah, you learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wash your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Ah, not everything is as simple. Oh, but I'm going home, man. Daniel-san! Daniel-san! What? Come here. Show me sand the floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! Ow, what are you doing? Now show me sand floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand floor. Please stand up. Show me sand floor. Sand floor. Sand floor. Big sucker. Sand floor. Sand the floor. Now show me wax on, wax off. Aye. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off. Hat. Concentrate. Look at my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Show me painter fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I always look, I. 
show me paint the house. Say, say. Blacklist. Side, side. Side, side. Show me wax on, wax off. Yes! Show me pen to fence. Cut! Face! Death! Death! Show me side to side. Death! 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 Show me sand of floor. Cut! Face! 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 something and and that's what's going on he has been cultivating karate now it makes a difference same thing is true with with training for for happiness health and wholeness you know you you cultivate in your life you 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 decide to take responsibility you choose it and then you you pursue it you you cultivate it in your life that's one of those things that these these devotionals kind of help with. I mean, if they don't help you, then, then that's okay. But, but they are a way that every morning you can get up and you can look at and spend five minutes. You can read a little bit of the Bible. You can get a, a thought to kind of direct your mind and then you can pray a prayer. And then that day you're, you're started. At least you started off the day in a certain direction. And that is hugely powerful. Huge, I mean, it doesn't matter what devotionals you use. You can use mine and Judy's. You can use something else that you like better. But if you have a direction that is going to take you throughout the day, it'll, you're at least starting the day in the right direction. And when you start getting off track, you remind yourself to come back. In Galatians 6, verse 7, the Bible says that you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So the question for all of us today is, what am I planting in my life? What am I cultivating in my life? Because whatever that is, that's what's going to grow. That's just the way it works. You don't plant an acorn from an oak tree and get a pine tree. You don't. It doesn't work that way. So you might be thinking, okay, well, what would training even look like in my life? Now, there are a lot of different directions we could go. This is the most basic direction I can think of. And we're, we're not going to really get into it today because we don't have time. But there are three things that the Bible says, Jesus did this for you. Now you need to do this for other people. It's love, accept, and forgive. I'm not going to read the scriptures that go along with it. You can find them on the, the lesson sheet when you go out. We will focus on this a little bit on Thursday night. But these three things are, are kind of the, the basics of how Jesus lived his life. This is how you enter into the Jesus way of life. And it's not easy. You think, I've got to love the unlovable, but wouldn't it be easier to love people that are easy to love? And God says, yeah, but you are happiness training, and so you will love the unlovable. You're like, well, how does that make any sense? That doesn't seem like that would get me to happy. See, God designed you. He knows what's going to get you to happy. Doesn't make sense, 
But loving the unlovable, accepting the unacceptable, and forgiving the unforgivable are three things that will revolutionize your life. Like I say, we'll focus more on this on Thursday, but for this week, this is going to be my mantra. I hope it'll be yours too. I will take authority over my life and choose my attitudes and direction every day this week. And I will train to love, accept, and forgive even those who are hard to love, accept, and forgive. Pray. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we thank you so much that you love, accept, and forgive us right where we are. Uh, But you love us too much to leave us where we are, and so you call us to become more like your son. So help us to do that, Lord, as we train to love, accept, and forgive the people that are around us and hope that they will learn to enter into the way that, that we are trying to go, to train for happiness, to train to become like your son. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.